Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on June 19th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat, as we continue our discussion on our initial thoughts for this new season, Season of Arrivals. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who have signed up for a deeper dive. Uh, as we discussed in the first one, we are going to probably be focusing more on the storytelling and lore aspects of the season, so this will probably be more what you're used to hearing us ramble on about. Before we go any further, mm-hmm. however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is his other half that lives on another state, Green Eyed Music Lover. <laughs> which makes it the, our fan fiction so much stranger. <laughs> we have fan fiction. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't want <laughs> to know. You don't want to know. I don't want to know. Um. You don't want to know. <laughs> And oh, uh, so <laughs> yes, that's my goal. You know, that's my goal. Anytime we do introductions, uh, Justin had his crazy names, and I have my introductions. So, oh, gotta keep it interesting. Uh, but yeah, so this season's lore. Where do we want to start, Blue? I, I honestly am not really sure. Like, I from. Uh, I think, honestly, uh, where I want to start is just the concept of the pyramids again, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of the lore that we got doesn't necessarily directly affect the pyramids, per se. It's a lot more about who's trying to prevent us to get close to the pyramid and what she's up to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that's where my hesitations kind of comes in. It's like, it's it's not... It's not that there's not a good place to start. It's that there are too many good places to start. Um, right. And I, I, I say that with full realization of just how big of a compliment that is. Like, I mean, I cannot say how much this season has really been just an absolute joy, not to just to play like what we talked about in the first season, because it really has, but also to read how so many of these different threads have started to coalesce into um a very a much more focused narrative interesting pattern yeah Mm -hmm. a much more focused narrative than than we've seen for a while now like and i think that i know a lot of people are like oh well destiny doesn't you know it's like well but you also start seeing here this is one of those seasons that really points to just how well it is put together um, or even if it's even if it's been you know let's let's play devil's advocate and say well they don't know what they're doing they're just writing random stuff and they've always always just kind of flown by the seat of their pants that actually to me tells me that they're even more impressive because they are making that into a narrative that is focused and actually makes sense and there are 
so far and i haven't i haven't i haven't like dissected all of the content just yet but up until now there have only been very minor retcons in a negative sense that i have ever that i've experienced in the whole of destiny and there there are retcons that have no bearing on the overall narrative so i mean i say that fully and very confidently like i i love how well done this story has been and is continued to be and this season by far you know over the past couple seasons has has stands out to me because it is the actual beginning of an end to a part of this story to this particular chapter if you will of the story Mm -hmm. i think it's interesting that with this season's narrative we actually started the season with the bungee teaser of the fall. So they actually set up the expectation for the story of this season by showing us next season, at least tidbits mm-hmm. of what's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we yeah. have a a way to refocus on what's what is the big thing coming forward or in the fo- future. I mean, I will. Which I think is super smart. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's also funny because um, I I. Th- I I I feel like Bungie, by its own reputation, has a tendency to play on its reputation of hiding things, um, mm-hmm. and that that is a I will be the first to admit that is a double edged sword because sometimes even very obvious story points get missed because people are so busy trying to examine the leaf of the tree that they miss the forest, um, right? And I think. My my only concern there is like, and this is more for me than you know more than anything is like I don't want to miss the forest because it's a freaking awesome forest because I'm so concerned with the minor things like the whole thing with uh, the emissary's eyes, you know that that's the current big thing right, right. Now, or as of today that's the big thing. I'm, um, Everyone's worried that that's this Zavathun's right. eyes are the same as the emissary's eyes. eyes, which I mean it's. It's definitely a, a a very fun thought experiment. I will be a hundred percent. It's I, I find that really fascinating from a thought experiment process. Um, but it's like you know, there's that's where you kind of have to break the fourth wall a little bit and be like, okay, but is it just a reuse of assets? Like you know, mm-hmm. that that is a legit sure. question to ask for that purpose. Um, and I think that's where. Well, that was. Oh, go for it. Go for it. I was just going to say that was something that you and I had talked about mm-hmm. ahead of time, ahead of the show and ahead of the recording, is that even if even if it is just a reuse of assets, because the theory involves two of the most, not underdeveloped, but most mysterious forces in the universe at the moment, mm-hmm. it's way too easy to make them fit together because they're both shrouded in mystery. You right. have Zavathun and you have the Nine. So it's too easy in some ways to put them together, which may be where it's actually heading. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I would caution anybody who gets too excited about it just to hold just hold your horses a little bit because it may not be as well connected because literally it is one asset. There's not another thing that I can see that would connect those two together besides the mystery aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was trying to trying to mention that and even um my name is bife bife actually mentioned this 
this morning on Twitter. He's just like, you know, I really, I don't normally speak out against these kind of things, but I really don't feel like this is something kind of thing. And it's like, all right, I'm, I'm with Bife on that. I think that there's, this was a reuse of asset. And if it does become something, I will eat my sock or shoes or however the saying works, but, uh, socks. No, and I and I think I, oh my I think that's where I kind of am coming from too. Is like you know, I like I like it because it it's basically the it's like your Eva theory. Like I like it; mm-hmm. it drives me up a wall. Mm-hmm. But I see the point of it, and um, and it, it's it's a fun thought because it's like okay, but like the mental gymnastics that you have to go through to see if it would work is really sure. one of the reasons I keep coming back to Destiny. Uh, because of all the theory crafting right. that it it pre it prompts, um, and I think that's the and that, other. I think is something we've missed. Yes, we haven't had a good amount of theory crafting lately. A lot of our stories have been very easily tied up, but now that we're starting to collide these mysteries of Mara, the Nine, Zavathun, if you want to be me, Eva Levante. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just. You can throw a bunch of these different things together and start having these crazy theories again. And it's it's exciting. It's exciting for the lore community, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. I mean, I think I think and that, and that's the other thing with like, especially the I mean, talking about theory crafting, the web lore that they I feel like Bungie mm-hmm. has Bungie has sort of doubled down on that because, I mean, let's be honest, the web lore that we're getting recently has basically been in its own way minor lore books i mean link oh absolutely lengthwise legacy legacy part one and two together is at least it's longer than a lot of the books uh remembrance was the other one that struck me was it was it was about as long as some of the smaller books i mean it's and and there's so if i mean if you're listening to this and you you haven't read any of the web lore I, i i cannot emphasize enough how how much you're missing because mm-hmm. it's oh god and it, it's so much more um false idols the one where nocris and zavathun speak yeah well i mean and I nocris guess the, pledges himself to her the other thing with that is like and the and the oh, the false idols one is so interesting because there's so many callbacks to previous web lore entries mm-hmm. um but the other thing with the web lore that I that I personally really enjoy is that with the lore books, you know, you have the 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 breakup of different entries. And that's I mean, for a lot of different purposes, but you have like minor chapters, basically, uh, which mm-hmm. are not really chapters or like pages um, with the web lore. It's like it's just a, a it's not, but it's it feels much more like a stream of conscious. And so, like, you have, like... There are breaks that happen. With, like, Remembrance, there were more breaks. But, like, a lot of times, I don't know. To me, it's also probably just the aesthetics of having it all on one screen instead of, you know, Mm -hmm. having to flip between screens or pages or, you know, what what have you. Um, It makes it a lot... It makes it a lot easier to follow the flow of the, the story that's being told. Not to mention the web lore that has been coming out recently has been very, very heavy on details whereas prior to mm-hmm. this you know web lore was kind of just uh oh here's a here's a i don't i don't mean this derogatorily but it was like here's a fan fiction about what this person's doing while they're off screen was kind of what it was originally and it has grown into it's basically free lore that we don't have to unlock in game 
which is really there's, cool. I think that there's still an aspect of the really descriptive narrative that happens in the web lore still that that fan fiction idea of what you're talking about where you're describing the setting that still happens in the web lores but what i think they've been able to do is they've been able to trust the writers to write things that are more tied into the exact narrative of what they're trying to set up instead of just a this is a side mission that has nothing to do with the season no these are setting up exactly what we're going to start seeing which i i find really interesting because our whole thing with our interference missions Mm -hmm. it's all it's a going into zavathun's court and guess who whose voice we hear when we get in there not zavathun's no chris why are we hearing no chris false idols tells you False Idols tells you exactly why, why we are hearing Nogris, which I personally like. And it also explains what happened during the strike. Oh like, my God. It explains what I happened. I remember messaging you and I was like, I both love this and I hate this at the same time because you're right. Because it makes, it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. And it's like, yet again, yet again, Guardians have been duped by their, their mm-hmm. insatiable love for loot. And it's just mm-hmm. like I'm like, how many times, you know, as as a both as a player and as a person who's reading this from like an analytical point, like how many times do you have to get tricked before you start figuring out that you're getting tricked? Like, you know, we have been we have been yanked around on this chain as guardians since House of Wolves. I mean, I mean, right. really, we have been used as weapons by other people. I mean, honestly, probably if you want to include what was going on with the speaker since the very inception of our guardian. And it's like, okay, you know, oh, go for it, go for it. I was just going to say, you know, the thing is, though, is if you don't participate, you don't you don't know when you're getting manipulated. That's the thing. Fair. Like you have to participate. So it's not like hindsight is going to be 2020. And after you read the web lore, but prior to it, it's not like you're going in and being like, oh, what is this little string? And then you go underneath the box and you hear the here lizard, 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 lizard. I mean, you don't, it's not, it's not like that. It's not like you're getting this right. I mean, I'm thinking the Taco Bell dog and the Godzilla commercial from back in the day. Movie, but okay. I think, I see. that works too. I see you going a little bit more innocent than than I was. Slightly. But it's it's not a terrible trap. It's just it's a very well thought out thing. And then yes, it happens at the after the fact that we find out, hey, we were actually tricked into doing this and providing that for them. Mm-hmm. I think I I still think that's a clever narrative um, manipulation that helps explain things and helps bring that character back into a more prominent role. That's fair. I mean, no, and it's fair. It's. It's just one of those things where it's like as as one of those characters who's unwillingly getting duped constantly. I'm like, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whis- mm-hmm. yeah, yay, loot, yay, whisper. I'm like, oh, man, that was speaking of whisper. Oh, I'm not doing it. Did you know that there are? Oh, you're going to have to if you're <laughs> going to get the if the if the triumph has anything to do with getting rid of the eyes. There are at least two eyes in the whisper mission. Oh, are there? Mm hmm. I saw two. Now, granted, it's before, it's during the jumping puzzles, before you get into the crazy rooms. I didn't finish it, but I went in there just to hmm. see 
A, if there was anything in there. And also Cole was writing Termino and she needed to know the name of the location in there. And it's just the Grove of Ulantan. But uh, she wanted me to confirm it for her. So I did a quick whisper run. And yeah, there's there's Zabathun eyes in there. Two of them pretty I mean, easy to yeah, get to. I'm definitely interested in seeing how those get played. Because, I mean, the other, the other thing, and, you know, I guess minor spoilers but not really spoilers i guess because with the sun setting of planets um mm-hmm. you know we we have that in the open lore books that we have access to i think that's um ingress and egress i think it's duress and egress Egr- okay duress yeah so that one and that that's actually that's a fun oh read, that was actually sloan is a bamf like Right? I mean, I always, we always knew that, but like when she gets her when she gets her mech suit, I'm like, what is going on? I kind of want to see it. Not gonna lie, I want to oh see Sloane in a mech. Gosh, I I was so like I was reading, it, I was like, oh no, you're giving you're giving a guardian even more even more powerful weapons. But even Asher, Asher is portrayed in a way that oh, is, man. in my eyes, redeeming. Like, the, he's sitting there staring down the pyramid, conducting an experiment on it, <laughs> and realizing that it's not that it everything's disappearing and going out of the world. It's just contained within the field of it, which is fascinating. And it's like, oh my gosh, Asher just is staring this down like it's nothing um, as it's coming towards him and he, just shooting yeah, things at when it. When he finally decides, nope, I'm going to wipe you out and just mm-hmm. goes bonkers on it. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I think that was the one I messaged you. I was like, oh, Asher just like, Asher just wiped out a ton. Had to censor myself. Ton of Vex inside. <laughs> like, he just walks through the pyramidium. Like, he just, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's like, that's when you start realizing that these characters that I know a lot of times the community, you know, makes fun. Oh, Brother Vance? Brother Vance's mm-hmm. piece was disturbing and amazing. Like, the whole thing of, ah, but you still have eyes. I'm like, what? Like, it just, mm-hmm. it just I mean, like, so many of these characters that we've had, you know, kind of joking, you know, joking, looking down on. And they they have these moments of being, yeah, I, I think you said redeemed. it right, yeah, redeemed, or just, you know, demonstrated that, yes, they actually do deserve the respect that the other NPCs give them, um, with the accepted Brother Vance, which I don't think anybody respects him, but after this latest lore book, well, I'm like... He's not a get, coward. Well, you it, have to tip It shows he's not a coward. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, so chat, no, Vance did not kill himself. Vance recognized that he was being manipulated and then attacked the thing that was manipulating him and gouged its eyes out with his own thumbs. And the reason why that is significant is that it was the same thing that made a mirror image of us. Vance attacked it and found out that not only did it make a mirror image of him, but it had remained. So we got confirmation. A, we get canonical confirmation fully that Vance is actually blind, which has been heavily implied but not actually ever called Mm -hmm. out um but we Mm -hmm. also get confirmation that vance does not have eyes like literally he he his sockets are empty and one of the things that he one of like the ending lines in vance's piece i have it pulled up oh my god it's such a yeah if you want to go ahead and read it so it's from the very last card of duress and egress called vance passeri 
And the last two lines I'm going to read. It threw Vance on his back, but he held on. He pushed his hands up in the thing's face under its blindfold and dug in with his thumbs. It howled. How unfortunate, Vance thought to himself behind his wide smile, that you still have eyes. <laughs> like, that last line alone is just like, dang. <laughs> Vance Vance is not messy. Well, and then the other thing that we get confirmation is that Vance was given uh, Vanguard authorization to lock down the Infinite Forest. Uh, yes. Zavala actually reached out to him and told him, lock down the forest. We don't want them getting access to it. So that's that's why Vance was doing this all. And then uh, the other thing that was just amazing, like just effing amazing, is that we learned that Vance is able to create reflections of himself within the forest. The thing that's important mm-hmm. about that is those reflections are able to see. And so Vance is able to, through like this multiple man thing that Osiris was also doing, he's actually able to perceive like visually things around him at last because now he's he has entered the forest which is something that he has apparently always wanted to do but was always scared to do or you know out of respect didn't do because it was viewed probably as like a akin to holy ground but he's entered the forest he's closed and sealed the forest so he's he's basically protecting the forest for us against the encroaching darkness and and he confronted the thing, I, I think it was Trials and Tribulations, everyone was having a field day with, you know, basically Vance being the implement of the darkness. Um, Vance takes that impl- they, takes that one-on-one and blinds it with his own hands, like literally. I, I, I mean, I know, I know people have a love-hate, mostly hate-hate relationship with Vance, but mm-hmm. I, I, you can't not read his entries in this new lore book and not have some mode of respect for what he has done at least here um but yeah it's just oh vance is, like and all of them all of them have very similar things like sloan has the mech thing where she when she goes into battle with the mech it's really really fun to read um anna's the only one that you see actually i think take a little bit more hits than she does yeah, show off a bit because we've it, seen her show off I a lot say, these last two i got seasons. the feeling that's because we have seen her show off and I think mm-hmm. it's an evening yeah. factor. I think that's a great, like a great um, balance mm-hmm. to what her character is because she's already been portrayed as this very she, yeah. She's very capable of I, herself. Mm-hmm. I love that um, finisher, the Anna finisher, where you do the backflip that she does in oh, the opening of season of the Worthy. It's in to, the season pass. Okay, okay, I'll have to go it's look for it. So good. Yeah, it's it's my favorite now. I am using that even on my Titan, which looks really funny. <laughs> um, but it's okay. Is is that the is is the egress book the one where we get the Ingram situation, or is that was that a web yes, war where Anna puts? No, that's that's an egress as well. Okay. Um, both the I think both the web web. No, I think it was pretty much just the the, the egress. The in-game, yeah, egress and both the in-game lore because okay. you had the in, which I'm a little confused. That is my tiniest bit of beef at the moment with what's been going on with the story in-game because the the thing that you see at the very beginning of this season with Rasputin basically shutting down, mm-hmm. which is not a obviously it's not explained. It's just lights turn off and it gets put in the dark. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because you also don't see Jinju running around doing her correct. thing. Correct. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at oh, is the okay, fact that okay. you see the two. They're two different situations, and I'm curious which one is actually the case. Like, if Anna had to go from that situation in where Rasputin normally is to like a secondary location to try to pull that information out with Jinju. I would say yeah, because she because the cutscene, if I remember, that was kind of in the mind lab, right? Whereas I kind of yeah, took, it's inside the mind lab. I was I was imagining the web lore pe- or the lore piece as being where we see her in game mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, it's not it's not the mind lab. I can't ever remember. It's like where she's surrounded by all the terminals because in the mind lab, it's right. kind of you're just out on the bridge, you know, with Rasputin's glowiness. Mm-hmm. It's it's a one of the adventures that you go into that one mm-hmm. for the server room essentially yes yeah i don't know if that's where they pulled it from i don't remember if or, they said that in there well but... yeah because actually now that you say that the um <clears throat> the alton bray area too uh alton dynamo that is, i think the alton bray that's mm-hmm. that's that the, is the alton dynamo area alton dynamo it? yeah that's that's the server room-esque area for him whereas the mine uh-huh. lab is the the giant uh suspended bridge which is where the cutscene was right because I was, because it says that like, Jinju's running from screen to screen. I see. Like I would, I would particular. If I can talk, I would like to explain that. Um, I was kind of imagining the cutscene as happening, and then like what you were saying, they ran to that to kind of see what was going on. That's kind of would Do, be how it yeah, made sense I, in I my would, head. I, yeah, that I, it makes sense to me. It just wasn't super clear with mm. the cards that that's where they were at. Because it is mentioned, count. Uh, the only thing that would indicate that would be the screen to screen. Not necessarily, like, theoretically, Anna could have multiple screens up there. And I want to say she does she, in the cutscene. Yeah, she, she had, like, two. I wasn't sure. Uh, the thing that I want to bring up with that, though, the engram, the implications of that. <laughs> Anybody want to <laughs> take a... Take a wild bet, a wild spinfoil guess, and say that Rasputin gets put in an exo frame. So I saw a really interesting, and I think this the 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 person who was posting it, I think, was being snarky, but it is still a good point. Um, it was a comment about how this was supposedly among the original that that supposed original story was Rasputin was in yeah. an exo body, and we have to rescue him. It was like, well, what if this is a kind of like a uh, a refresh of that that concept in one of our future missions is actually us finding an exo body for him to like or or helping install him into an exo body. That'd be cool. I was Do like, you remember like the that. old the art concept art they did? Mm-hmm. That's, uh-huh. Well, that's the concept that was art. Yeah, labeled. yeah, that was the concept art that everyone refers to as being you know the case of Rasputin, Rasputin. and Exo. Hmm. Because yeah, I'm looking oh, forward to that one. That looks that has that has some really really cool potential. That also makes him not so overly powerful mm-hmm. and more manageable as a character. It's also more relatable too. Mm-hmm. Humanizing him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you get oh, to read gosh, through? You this? say that <laughs> humanizing Humanizi- him even more. Humanizing giving- him even more. Oh man. Yeah, didn't we talk about how he somewhat portrayed emotions? Yeah, well, I think think it was you also that pointed out like the idea of like Felwinter as the golem being his intermediary with the humans 
back in the golden age potentially like mm-hmm. they teach they teach the golem and then the golem relays it in code back to the rasputin which still makes a ton of sense in my mind mm-hmm. yeah he th- his whole point was to go out there and collect information for him because that's what rasputin says in that mission dialogue he sent his son out to understand anyway did you get to read singular exigent yes so good I would be very, I had not, I've not read this one yet. So I saw just scanning through it that there's mentions of a lot of former bad guys in the first one. Like Lysander comes up, Toland comes up. Granted, Toland's not necessarily a bad guy. There's also a breaking but... of the fourth wall and making fun. Where? <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not a over breaking, but it's, there's a, there's a comment that Eris makes about how, uh, there are those out there who think that she is um, evil and how like, and Matt, Matt made a, oh. Matt made a tweet about it. He's like, I feel, I feel attacked. <laughs> Contrast. I see it. Yeah. It's, it was Ooh, like, I read it, is real. I read it and I was like, <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for some people. And then Matt, like I turned on Twitter and Matt was like, I feel attacked. I was like, yep. That's the person I was waiting to read to hear about. <laughs> yep. Well, considering how many Eris's evil videos that man has made. It just made me happy. That's funny. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, me too. Pineapples are still canon. Oh my this God. is true. So, I love someone, that joke. That is someone, one of my favorite running gags. Someone made a comment. They're like, someone at Bungie really hates pineapples. <laughs> It's my favorite gag. I love, like, that Titan Scannable is still one of my favorite Scannables in the apples? whole game. Like, that's the weird one. There were other ones, like, um, something the, Cucumber. The, uh, what kiwi was the... Cucumber. Or kiwi the, uh, Cucumber. Yeah, I think that was like, the... <laughs> yeah. But Pineapples? <laughs> that... <laughs> that's the one we pick on? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I thought... Just the naming conventions. I'm sure that's mainly where the joke is. There's the picking on that. Oh but, my gosh! God, yeah, that's it fun. Would, oh, it just I love I love that. There, and there's there's yes, there is some like lore, uh, significant lore things in it. But the the couple like really just again with like the the um the humanization of the characters has just I, I think it's just really in my opinion been been ramped up. I, I really think it has. Like Eris and the Drifters' little um, snarks back and forth oh, are just they're so good. Notch. Like I just I love them. Um, you can tell both those voice actors had a ton of fun recording that. Yeah, like Morla's rat. <laughs> just like I just want just that. I want that to be my message notification on my phone. Just rat. Okay, Morla, it'd be so good. Oh, well, gosh. and then like the big thing. So the other thing within these the singular entries was like you see <clears throat> you see Eris's struggle with the idea of like it's it's the the catch twenty two of trying to figure out an enemy who gains strength from you trying to figure it out and mm-hmm. and so like the paranoia that goes along with that. Um, you know, I I really. I like that because that's something that's like, you know, very, very human. Um, and you see with her, like she, she kind of has this moment of like freaking out because she starts, 
she starts descending into this paranoid state of like everyone is out to trick her and like and i guess at the end at the end of the book basically it kind of comes to a head and the person one of the people that she was using to to help her she basically freaks out and is like no you have to get away from me you're trying to use me and it's like okay there's room enough there that you're not really sure if she was wrong but at the same Mm -hmm. time it's it's very well done because she could just be overthinking everything um but then again it's savathun so are you overthinking like you know it's it's one of these like weird um logic loops that it's like oh man it's it's just really fascinating to watch that particular development and then like with the web lore learning about how nocris is kind of jacking with the communications going on and the seed and like how that's kind of you know being used it's like all these uh, disparate pieces coming together have been really really cool to see actually in game um mm-hmm. i mean yet again a really good use of both in-game storytelling and like that transmedia idea of that's not the only place to get information you know it's it's right almost on the level of an arg but it's not quite an arg because you have to you have to pay attention to the tidbits in multiple places to make anything you do really make sense which is always you know to be fair that's always kind of been bungie's mo and it's not just right, Bungie, but, but I go for it. I think the nice thing with it is that with what they've given us in game, we actually have a pretty decent, decent idea of the storyline without giving away too much. Like yes. you're not giving away exactly what's in the lore cards. You have information that is interesting and the perspective is unique compared to the lore cards. Mm hmm. Which I like, like that whole, the first cutscene being Anna and the initial shutdown of Rasputin and then the cutscene in the cards where Anna's going and gathering it. I like how they're tying it together where you're seeing more of the off-screen adventure of what happens beyond the actual game. So it fleshes it out in a totally different way. The thing that I wanted to bring up next, though, was the actual tree <laughs> I, I that's a big thing right now am i gonna, on get, an, am I gonna get another pe- audio clip for you <laughs> there's no snakes under An the audio- tree there's no snakes under the tree what what's Vegas that Real, from the the episode i think it was oh, like the other episode yeah. where it's like there's eris i was like whoa <laughs> this is true eris is under the tree um is that the clip you sent me no, today? Was, I haven't. No, I haven't it wasn't to the one that I sent you today. It was one of the ones uh-huh. for the other episode. But I was just like, <laughs> Eris is a snake. Well, yeah. you're not. You're not, not wrong. Not a bad one. Not a bad one. But the the tree itself and the play between light and dark this season with the nine and with the pyramid and the tree, which the tree is very much so appearances intended to look like the light and look like the traveler in some ways as well as the infused light water at the base of it with the labyrinth mm-hmm. do, we, do we want to bring that up like i mean i, I think that, all sorts of different tie-ins yeah there's there's tons of tie-ins with that you know i think the other thing that always strikes me when you start talking about like the tree and you know anything with plant life is the dichotomy that has to exist with life um 
you know, like trees and plants in general, they both coat, they, they need both light and dark to exist. And I think that's really right. something that's really cool and really well done for the imagery of it because I, I just like that. I, I don't know. Like, I just really appreciate that subtle, like, no, it's not just light. Like, you know, it, it's not just dark. It's both. That's what, that's what creates existence or that's what creates life really. Um, but with like the, the, uh, labyrinth, it's, you know, something that was really, uh, what was, it was the Shards, the, the St. Char, uh, labyrinth, I believe was the one that we were talking mm-hmm. about the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, really fascinating thing because throughout multiple, you know, real world religions and multiple real world cultures, that type of pattern has been used to help with meditation and to help with explaining things. Um, now, there's there's different types of labyrinths. So, like, you have um, labyrinths similar to the Labyrinth of Crete, which the Minotaur was famously involved in, um, which are... Mage-type labyrinths. Yeah, well, and, and those are going to be similar because those are actual mazes. Um, not all mm-hmm. labyrinths are mazes, though. And the imagery Correct. that is associated with the Season of Arrivals is one of those such, or one of those patterns. If you follow the path within the imagery, um, it all all paths lead to the center. Like that, that's a it's mm-hmm. a point of those were meditative tools because you didn't have to think about the path that you were taking. You would just you just focused on what you were walking. Like you just focused on walking and the journey. Um. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wait. it's yeah. It's 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 not a. It's not, it's a, not a variable journey necessarily. Right. But. It's and it's not it's not that the journey is not important, but it's uh what a lot of times, especially within uh Christianity, what when they used it with like the Saint Charles model, um what it was it was indicative of like the path to to receive a message and then to take that message back out into the world. So it was like basically the symbolism was you would leave the outer you would leave the outside world and go inside and concentrate and meditate and then once you had the message or once you had a a a message or understanding you would take that back with you back into the real into the the outer world so it was like a it was a symbolic way of training your brain to turn off the trappings of materialism and focus on the inner voice within you, whether that, you know, in, in within Christianity, they identifies that most meditations were identified as speaking with the divine being such as God. Um, you know, other, other traditions also use those same designs for similar purposes. And, and it was just, it's always been fascinating to look at those different practices because of the similarities mm-hmm. within that. And it's all about getting your body and getting your mind to focus not on what's going on around you, but actually you know, to quiet your mind and listen to what's going on inside you. Um, so I found that I found that was really interesting. I, I had made a comment about that when the reveal trailer, when the reveal stream, they they threw that on the um, the loading screen, the season of arrivals when we first saw the name of the season. Um, with the it's a picture of the pyramid ship with uh, 
the the path the pyramid ship is positioned in the center of this labyrinth um and yeah black flag is making the same comment you know this is a throwback in a way to the old quote from osiris where all things come from Mm -hmm. the same pit um you know and it's it's one of those things again where there's so many so many connections being made here and it's just uh I mean, I can go on for a while with just like the meditative like theories and and practices of that particular tool. Um, The the thing I'm curious about is because that is at the base of the the tree mm -hmm. and Bungie loves its symbology, the point of having that there. So it's a journey to the tree. Right. Well, it's a journey to the seed because the seed is the center, correct? Uh, yeah, I, be- I believe on that on the way that they have it laid out, the seed is at the center of the because that's what you were you and I were talking about the other day is like there there is in in interference, there is an actual labyrinth and the tree is like there there's the tree where you pick up the seed. There is an actual labyrinth within the ground or within the Mm -hmm. the floor if you will of that level right the flooring of it right that the thing that i want to know is because that imagery is so strongly used there at the base of the tree what is our journey this season because right now the mission that we do over and over is called interference she's interfering our path to the seed each week Mm -hmm. i mean or to to the goal each week, right? right? Like that's the whole point of Zavathun getting in the way. Yeah. Whether or not the seed is necessarily the goal each week is yet to be determined. But why? That's another question. Why is there a seed each week? Because we have the seed, we have the artifact. You pick up a seed at the end, or at least you talk to Eris at the end, and the seed is there again. Is it there again? I can't remember. I just ran it the two times. Um, I can't remember if it was there on the second one. So I. That's interesting. Um, it could. Hmm. I don't know yet. It's just one of those things. Like, there's more. Because I questions. don't think I don't think it's a different seed, right? I, I kind of get the sense that it no. is the same instance or same seed. Oh God, my brain just went to a different direction. Because if we are true I've, about the multiverse potential. Oh God, no! I don't want to go into multiverse with this season, please. Well, but I mean. If it would be an explanation of it being the same seed, but also being a different different but challenge, that, but that means that we would have to go in at a different in a different dimension mm-hmm. or in a different. We cross through throne worlds. I don't. That don't no <laughs> no no. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't, don't care that we that got place. confirmation. I don't care that we got confirmation from Brother Vance that this is a multiverse. Which was I don't want to go amazing confirmation, by the way. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> you did what? Oh, no. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. It's got what is it? It's got shot package. It's shot package, yeah. It's got a it's a god roll. <laughs> How many realities did you bind to ours to get this gun? Oh my god. That is one of the best. <laughs> confirmation moments I, I loved ever it. seen I was like I, I just fancy. making fun of and it was making mm-hmm. fun of a titan like <laughs> well it was making fun of us right. because how many of us grind the same thing over and over just to get a certain role it's just mm. oh yeah that was that made me that made me giggle yes 
But okay, so like, I mean, oh man, I never thought about like why. Well, I never thought about the C part as far as like what the purpose of the mission is. Like, if you're if you're gonna t- if you're gonna tie down with the idea of like the labyrinth, um, and mm-hmm. like the the principal purpose of a labyrinth was always to to find really to find yourself, um, which is the you know arguably one of the central goals of any meditative practice is to to find that inner voice and find your true you know calling what what have you whatever you want um which is in line with kind of the the lesson i guess if you want to call it that that is trying to be taught to our guardian by the darkness or supposedly trying to be taught to our guardian um i mean i don't i don't know like there's there's so many potentials that could go back and forth it's interesting that they're they've opened up the potential right like that's the whole point of this is they've opened up the potential for not only a lot of things to be tied up but for more to open up which is kind of amazing that we're able to start pulling threads together because here's i guess this is a good question for kind of a final wrap-up right like or final thoughts on the season so far what is the burning question that you have for this season that you're looking forward to getting more answers about that we've gotten possible hints from either this season or the fall expansion? We'll say those two. Like what? what's one? Are you making me have to choose mm-hmm. one? Oh, God. Okay. Say a few. Well, I mean, I don't even, I don't even, oh, there's so many. Mara. I mean, yeah. I, I want to like, see. There's, there's I, the continuation Mara, of like what what is happening you know i don't think we're going to get an answer but like what is the game that sabathun is playing at with especially mm-hmm. with false idol i i i fully don't expect i'm i'm not going to be i'm not even upset that we don't get a full answer cuz i'm not expecting that but you know with mm-hmm. false idol you get these this here's here's my hope and this is just because i'm kind of a sadistic person and i would love to see people's brains not like this is with false idol <laughs> you have the setup for a potential enemy of my enemy situation with savathun with the introduction mm-hmm. of stasis we have guardians who are delving into using darkness as power savathun expresses interest in learning how to use light as power within false idol so there is this continuous couple points here that all put us on a common thread with one of the big bad former big bads of the hive so i mean there is an entire possibility very slight but still present possibility that not only will we see an alliance with the house of light and with the fallen but you could potentially see a faction of the hive who are not hostile not necessarily friendly i won't go that far but who are not overtly hostile to guardians because we have a common enemy in the darkness. You know, I mean, there, there's so many different ways that could be played. Now, do I think it will happen? I'm still not even... Th- I don't know. I still don't even... Here's something I want to bring everybody's attention to. The pyramids, do we know that they're actually evil? No. Do we know that they actually have, like, bad intentions for intent? us? No. Mm-hmm. Um, because the opening line when you fly out there in the very first mission is we you will not need your weapons here we only seek to show you the truth fair now 
that's also a very convenient point that a liar would would start a conversation. You know, anytime someone says, well, let, I'll be honest. Sure. I'm like, have you not right. been honest up until very, now? Like, <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But we have two entities who have done that now. Correct. Both Zabathun like, and the pyramids right and and that's where my idea that's where like that whole thing with savathun as an enemy of my enemy kind of came into fruition is like what if both sides are lying to us like you know oh i'm sure both are right but i'm but the the intent of one is not necessarily i don't necessarily think the intent of the pyramid ship is our imminent destruction i would agree with that I would I, I would also point out that I don't think that our imminent destruction is going to be something that they stop stop. Oh, no, I don't think so at all. But I don't think that Yeah, cuz Black at this moment Black I still see, in chat right now. Yeah, I still see Zavathun as potentially more dangerous at the moment because we know mm-hmm. Zavathun has in the past infiltrated a group she did it with, the, I want to say the Ecumen. Uh, no, she did it the with Harmony. the Harmony. The Harmony. Mm-hmm. With the Wish Dragon, or yeah, with so uh, the Dragon Bishops. Right. When she vivisect the yeah. Wish Dragons. She turned their oceans to um, poison. Yeah. Right. So she she had infiltrated their group prior to taking them out and experimenting on them and doing what she was doing. Yeah. She, I mean, so, who can say no to a grandma with cookies? I'm telling you, Eva Levante is out of the That is my favorite. It's so stupid. It's such a stupid theory. And it was made as a joke, but it still makes sense. The problem is, is that it's it still, still holds water. Like, there's still... I know! It was a total joke. Total joke. Like, I was not serious when I came up with it. That's why it's one of the best. But no... I know, I know. I refuse to believe Space Grandma is evil. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, if I do think Zavathun may not necessarily be among us, although she theoretically could be, because the best place to hide is out in the open, mm-hmm. and the last place you look, uh, intend to look. But I don't know. I don't know what her game is, besides that she is trying to move beyond the worm pact which she has to an extent right she's also i mean that's also nothing new for her but why is avathun so interested in not letting us find out what's going on with the pyramid see and i think that goes back to why would she be so interested in us like there's and and this this kind of is power right well power and then also the ever you know the the trope of humans being able to to create their own destiny you know in that whole thing Mm -hmm. you know like we are a new invention that has bypass like we are able to defeat the hive but we are not bound by something akin to the worm pact that we are aware of um you know and and for someone who is bound to the worm pact i can see that being like oh how are they doing that that's interesting because the guardians hold power to i mean we we took out the taken king like that's not a small feat right it's the paracausality it's right. studying yeah. that and being able to exit out of causality well but see and but, my problem with that being the case is that they already have that ability like they they the hive siblings especially already have paracausal capabilities right but they don't 
necessarily have free will to use it as they wish because of the warm pact right and that's where that's where i'm like is that is and that's that's i guess my that's my one of my big questions about guardians in general is so does that mean that we actually do have free will and that we're not bound you know by a loyalty to a puppet master basically I mean, I think that's easily been answered in the past. We have characters like Savin and, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ghost story characters who were not necessarily good. Cyril. Oh, God, Cyril. That's the other character I really want to see come back. I know. (laughs) No. You want want a big bad? You want a big bad? Let's go protect ghost. I mean, God. There's just, there's a lot of things that I want to see. I want to see what the real reason is that everything is after the Guardians. Yeah, because I think, I think that's, to me, one of my big interests is, like, what makes us, in, in Destiny's universe, because, I mean, like, every universe has its own little, like, humans are super special. Um, that's that's a pretty common trope. But, like, why why in Destiny is that such a driving force that things are coming from literally across the universe to get to us which the the easy answer is the traveler but right why but why but then but then the also question there is like well then why did the traveler like you know what was the catalyst to the whole thing coming to us was it just Mm -hmm. chance which you know it seems interesting flower game well it seems interesting that if it was just chance because the game is called destiny um (laughs) i don't know like there's there's like and that's a really disorganized layout of a lot of my questions because that's been something that that has bugged me since starting to really dug dive into lore has been like okay but why are we why are we the ones that were chosen to be at the center what 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 was the little kernel of interest there because i mean yeah i mean if and and then Veru's bringing that up too it's like it's not just across the universe it's across realities because the nine are after us too Right, but it when the nine came into the play and stuff like that is very different. Like the nine came after mm-hmm. after the traveler. Well, so, they made themselves at least known. as far as we can yeah, tell. They made themselves Correct. known after the traveler, right? Yeah. But I mean, there's we're starting to get some of those tie-ins together. I do want to. I really want to get all the way through the dungeon. I might see if I can convince Orchid to help me through it since she's done it before, but. <laughs> I want to get through the dungeon. I want to know more about the nine. I want to know what happened to Mara and Mara's interactions with the Exo Stranger, because that's likely the connection that's going to be played on. Not necessarily anything confirmed on that, but if if you remember one of the last weeks we had where we talked to Mara, she said she made that new friend. Yeah. Mm hmm. Everyone and everybody was yeah. yelling about the Exo Stranger. I wouldn't put it past them to actually make that the thing. There, yeah, there's other potentials. Exo, oh, Exo yeah, Stranger. I mean, the Exo Stranger is not the only one who has a problem with Guardians. And again, that goes back to my kind of personal fan theory about the whole Savathun being a common common ally. You know, it's like I don't know. There's just I mean, and there there's so many players that get introduced when you start bringing the Awoken in because the Awoken also mm-hmm. were the ones that would have packs with the Ahamkara. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. the Ahamkara aren't really fond of Guardians because they had the great Ahamkara hunt. 
so what if this friend is an ahamkara you know like there's a lot of different different things god i hope not <laughs> i don't i don't know if i want to do another ahamkara dive um why they're just they're just playing with realities and making the reality that coexists with your wish the most one so does that mean that ahamkara are going to uh, basically be the same thing as the vex network pulling different realities i mean as soon as they confirm multiverse that was kind of where i was like oh okay that makes more that makes the ahamkara make a lot more sense because all they're doing mm-hmm. is they're just pulling realities and splicing in the threads the vex it's like the, the the way i would look at it is like the vex are like the vex look at and this is this is 100 percent head canon, not confirmed so please just take that worth a grain of salt but like I always took it as like the Vex, and again, as soon as the multiverse kind of got was like, that's what it is. I was like, okay, this kind of makes more sense. Vex are taking things from other other realities and bringing them into our own, whereas the Ahamkara are literally taking other realities and synchronizing them with our own. So like when a wish is granted by an Ahamkara, it is literally taking a splice of the the thread of another, because again, going back to that like Norse mythology explanation of a weaving, you take a thread from Mm -hmm. another reality and you splice it into the thread of our own, making our wish real. You make that wish real. The thing is, is like, as with all manipulations of multiverse theories, what that does to the other verse is really devastating. Like, when you start doing stuff like that, it's it's like the it's it reminds me of Full Metal. Like you start like the the terrible terrible ending of the anime, the original anime, was like they basically were jacking with a multiverse theory, which was like it was horrible because it wasn't really what was going on, but it was also like oh that's a kind of a cool concept. But really, what it's doing is it's like taking pieces that are crucial to another universe and. <laughs> You're taking pieces of another universe and you're literally forcing them into your world so that your world is better off. But what it does to that other world is it destroys it. Uh, Another really good example that might be a little bit more accessible to people who don't watch anime is uh, the the TV show Fringe. That's exactly what happens. That's the entire... That's like the large point of contention between the multiverses within the Fringe universe is that I'm trying not to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but like basically a person from one universe gets stolen and kidnapped and brought into our universe. Yeah. And then, yeah, that happens in a few different yeah, DC, kind of stories. DC plays with it a couple times too. But like mm-hmm. the whole thing was like, yeah, chat's talking about this too. Like the, the thing with Phil metal was like, it was even more notorious or very, it was even more disturbing because the people of the other universes were literal fuel for the alchemy of the the primary universe. So, like, every time the mm-hmm. alchemists would cast a spell, they were literally consuming the life force of another person in the other universe. Like, they were killing people to do their spells. And, like, which is, like, okay, that's bad. But then you start paying attention to, like, the spells that the alchemists were doing, and it's, like, stupid stuff. Like, making a toaster out of nothing or you know making a toaster out of a couple elements it was just like yep and that's and Viru, that's exactly where i like my brain is going he says what if the darkness is just trying to repair the fractured realities yeah that's what i think i don't think it's i don't think it's a uh, malevolent force necessarily but more an equalizer <gasps> like a winnower oh like we're a bl- like we're a plague 
upon this land. Yeah, like I mean, and that's and that's another that would be another really way interesting way to use the 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 stereotypical trope of like, oh, you think you're good? No, you're actually evil. It's like mm-hmm. which then well, it's not that we're evil. It's just we're, we're unnatural. Well, but if we are actually breaking other realities to the point that they're being destroyed. I- I think I think right. my point there is like if we go down that path, I think what would be really interesting for me is okay, cool, but you can argue okay, well we did that because we didn't know. Now that we know, are we going to be given a choice to to relinquish our like, you know, relinquish the the violations of nature that we've, you know, created? Like You mean like the symmetrist? Mm-hmm. The other thing that I want to bring up, I'm going to slightly derail this conversation because this is a whole a whole whole episode <laughs> this is a whole conversation it is it really is um amelon yes why is amelon that and dido why is that all this yeah I, okay i'm so like, glad you, you i'm brought happy that up. i'm oh my gosh i'm happy for it i'm glad to get dido and amelon weapons again but how in the world did they get did they start hanging out with Drifter a bit more well, in the back alleys? Well, Drifter, Drifter always has a soft spot for uh, dark or pre-Dark Age and Dark Age weaponry. He's always made that comment, which I don't really understand the fascination with Amalon because Amalon has kind of always been more of like a throwback to maybe Golden Age, but like like his uh what was the uh the train job that he pulled with joxer which oh man speaking of that joxer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. redeeming himself that way that was a fascinating read um his penance was to be the messenger to the drifter that was really i was like that's that's some that's some interesting penance there but like i thought wasn't wasn't it um or was it tex mechanica weapons that he was stealing on the train job I think it was text. Was it text? Okay, man. I mm-hmm. was I was just really confused why the dungeon is giving Dido gear. I was like, what? Like, okay. Tied into, yeah, tied into the nine somehow. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it goes, like how these different characters play out. Because in some ways, the foundries have made themselves a character mm-hmm. in this narrative. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. If nothing more than a, a political like thank thank you uh i think it's killorn uh yeah it's tex mechanica was what he was after in the train job Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think we should actually wrap up because we could probably ramble on this for a very long time that is entirely accurate and i will i will be the first to admit that i will just like talk about that like there's so many different threads Mm -hmm. and i think that's the the conclusion really for me and kind of like the colluding thoughts about this season from a lore perspective is that as is standard for Bungie, they have answered questions and, but the answers of those questions have only brought like 10 times more questions, which is both mm-hmm. I love, but I also hate a little bit because I'm like, no, <laughs> just let me a little frustrated. Let me finish the story. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm done, but, you just pull me back in. But the, but here's the thing: we had a season where they finished off stories, and every lore person was miserable. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, they wrap when they. If we don't have something to chase, we're not excited. Oh yeah, right. No, that's like true. that's the whole. So I think that the model of giving us threads to chase 
and continually work and to challenge us to find new things and find new levels of love for it. Right. Mm -hmm. That is what makes this enjoyable for you and I, as well as Bife and Mylan and any other lore content creator out there. Wally, all of those guys, like we love to dive into the mystery and try to figure out things. But what we love even more is watching these characters and stories grow and develop. And even if it doesn't develop the way we want it to, it's still cool to see which, right. It I mean, makes it really interesting and fun to dive into. Yeah, I sorry, I won't speak for myself. Like half the time, what makes it actually really entertaining for me is when it doesn't fit, because then it's like I get to rework everything else that was contingent on you know that theory. So I, yep. I know that I know that infuriates some people. Um, I find that absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Should we do shoutouts? Yes. If that wasn't already kind of shoutouts? Uh, sure. Yes. Yes and yes. Yes and yes. All right. So shout out for me for this episode goes to the narrative leads for this one. The narrative lead for this one. Um, remind me of her name, uh, Blue. Julie. I, Julie. Oh, I just blanked on her last name. Yeah. I I, I can I see her tr- n- Twitter. Naren. I think it's Naren. Oh, I feel terrible. Shout out to her for this really, it's, this season is the build up to what supposedly redacted is, season of the redacted, right? So it's a big job. And so far, it's been knocked out of the park. I'm enjoying what we've gotten as far as the story in game and the story that we've gotten out of game. So Good on you for that. Good on the writers. Um, I'm enjoying the Julia Nardine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm enjoying the various ties, the various stories for all the different characters. It's been it's been fun, it's, and it's going to continue to be fun. I think with the way that the story is unraveling this season. Uh, secondary shout out goes to the community for being a a very interesting group of people who. We'll get up in arms about AFK farming one day, but still have your back the next day if something goes wrong. So shout out to you guys for being a slightly confusing <laughs> double-edged sword that we all love. <laughs> I think that's the best explanation for the Destiny community. A slightly confusing <laughs> double-edged sword. You don't really know which edge you're going to get, but if something goes wrong, this you is... know that it will be used to defend you. <laughs> yep, that is accurate. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Question mark. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's a Colossus. I don't need to go around that corner. Um, no, I, I, I kind of, I mean, just, yeah, second, second, everything that Crane just said, like, you know, and then also a big shout out to everyone who has helped with the lore network and everyone who has come. We have a number of new members in the lore network and I, I really really encourage you to go and give them support and you know let them know how they're doing on their stuff uh most of them are on youtube and they are being in they are being included in the weekly lore roundups so if Mm -hmm. you uh do not already get that i might try to figure out how to get a like an email thing put together for it i don't know i don't know if like that, a subscription type thing? Yeah, I was looking at something and they, they had made a comment like about like, oh, well, emails are a really good way if 
doing you know stuff and i'm like i have no idea i don't do social media stuff so i'm gonna talk to a couple of our people who we we have helping us green being one for the social media stuff and the fact that she just made a ooh sound means that i might have gotten an idea that was good um Mm -hmm. it does happen from time to time i know it surprises everyone but Mm um no it, it just if you if you aren't already um going to that site and checking it out please do because what we do is we do a roundup uh every week of not just youtube but also podcasts so as we get more people within the membership um we'll get those on there and basically it just is a way to kind of i've referred to it as just kind of cross-pollinating our communities with each other and and i know that in the past that has been a struggle that a lot of lore creators not just within destiny but like just in general have had is it's very difficult to find people who are it seems silly but it's really difficult to find people who are interested in the same stuff that you're interested in um sometimes and the internet kind of is a it's also a double-edged sword with that so big thanks Mm -hmm. to everyone who has kind of helped make that become a reality in and of itself um I think that is it for me. Uh, So as Mm -hmm. always, to close out, I just want to thank you for your time and say until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.